Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special edition of the Ravel Boys podcast. Um, most of the reason for this is I want to talk about, you know, that awesome, awesome division game the other night between the Bills and the Chiefs. Um, just to touch on our franchise, which is, you know, really the original reason for this, uh, podcast existing is we just wrapped up our third season um i'm pretty sure last time i talked about how you know it kind of felt like some things were the same you know we changed some of us changed teams and things like that but you know one player was still kind of dominating the super bowl scene at that point um we have a new champion the uh, vikings defeated the bills in the super bowl um Like I said last time, it's a little different now with, <laughs> you know, just the four of us. Um, I don't think either one of us played each other until it was either the divisional round. It was the champion. I think it was the championship game for both divisions where the four of us all played. Um, obviously, Bills won over the Chiefs and then the Vikings over me. Uh, after that game, I texted my friends that I did not expect to play that pathetically in that game. Uh, it was just kind of one of those games where it just didn't seem like ever, anything really worked or went the way I wanted it to. <coughs> um, anyway, moving on to the reason I called this a special edition. Um, I've had four, four days now to kind of process what I watched the other night. Um... I'm still not real sure exactly how to put into words what I saw um, that a lot of people haven't already said. Um, you know, there's there's lots of other sports analogies that people have been using, like, you know, boxing, two heavyweights going punch for punch. Um, you know, uh, trying, trying to equate it to, a, you know, one of the greatest basketball games you've ever seen where, you know, two players are just, going basket for basket with each other. Um, what, however you want to say it, however you want to, you know, whatever other sport you want to try to equate it to, uh, it's, it's something that I feel will at least probably in my lifetime, never see anything like it again. Um, and I, and I say that knowing full well that, you know, both quarterbacks are, you know, Mahomes is 26, Allen's 25. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. It's, it's just, you don't get, even with players like those two, you just don't get games like that very often. I mean, even with... You know what I would call probably the two greatest quarterbacks I'd ever seen up to this point. You know Manning and Brady. One or one or maybe two games kind of were sort of in the same category as what we saw Sunday, and that was in all the times they played each other. So it just even with players at that level, it just does not happen that much. I mean just in any sport on, you know, probably 
almost one hand, I can probably count, you know, like the moments that to me would, you know, be like what I saw Sunday. Uh, you know, I guess just kind of to give everybody an idea, if you don't watch college basketball and you're not a KU fan, you won't get this at all. But it's like, you know, the last, the last game between KU and Missouri before Missouri bolted for the SEC. You know, it was just that, you know, Missouri had a big lead and then, you know, KU had to come storming back and then you went into overtime and it was just, you know, the atmosphere was just kind of that, you know, this is the last time. At that point, it was planned to be the last time they played because, you know, Missouri was leaving and going to the SEC. So, to me, what made that rivalry, you know, important didn't have anything to do with history between Kansas and Missouri and any of that, um, like going all the way back and the Civil War stuff. It was usually it had some implication for the Big 12 championship. And I know there were a lot of people, at least on Missouri's side, that I heard were like, oh, well, it's all KU, you know, KU just doesn't want to play us anymore. Well, you're going to the SEC, and let's face it, it's NFL, NCAA, it's all a business. They're all out for money. So, you know, Missouri going to the SEC was a money thing. Well, one of the biggest things for the rivalry was that it, you know, affected, usually had some impact on the Big 12 championship. Well, now it doesn't. And yes, I know they'd played for however many years, and it was just kind of a thing. But it was like you're you're taking away one of the biggest pieces of it, and you're upset by it. That you know one team goes, well, you know half the reason, you know one of the biggest reasons for doing this is now gone. There's kind of no point in continuing. Anyway, getting back on track. So, and I will preface this by saying, this is all my opinion. Yes, I'm a Chiefs fan, but here we go. So, the last two minutes of that game are the greatest two minutes of football I think I've, I will ever see in my life. Um, for me, the game, the whole game in general was just awesome because, you know, Buffalo goes down on the first drive. Converts two force downs, touchdown. Okay, well, how's Kansas City going to respond? Well, you know, first time these guys played back in week five, you know, two deep safeties take away the deep ball, don't let Kelsey and Hill kill you. What's, you know, how are we going to try to take advantage of what they're doing and, you know, stay in this game? And it's it's something that I don't think Mahomes gets enough credit for. But I also think he's very, uh, how do I want to put it? it it's just, it, it's it's kind of like, you know, that, that secret, not necessarily secret weapon, but it's, it's just kind of that thing. It's like, yes, I know I can do this, but I'm not going to do it all the time. I'm only going to do it when I need to. And by that, I, I mean his running ability. 
everybody knows Josh Allen is basically a running black running back playing quarterback. I mean, he's he's six five. He runs like a running back, and he's not afraid to hit you. Mahomes, you know, he he doesn't look to run unless you know, at least not very often. He does run. He just doesn't do it very often. But when he does, he makes it count. And by that, it's like, you know, the first, that the 30, 30 whatever yard scramble he had before he got, you know, the touchdown. Longest run of the season for him. How many times did you actually see him run? Most of the time, he just runs around in the backfield trying to give his receivers time to get open so he can give them the ball and let them have the, you know, glory of making the play. He just, yeah, he gets credit for the throw, but he, you know, he's fine with that. He just wants to, you know, do that. He doesn't just sit there and say, okay, I'm taking the ball and running. So at that point, I kind of knew that it was going to be probably a special game just from, you know, Mahomes basically in response to Buffalo going down and scoring, going, okay, I'm going to rise to the occasion and take my team with me and we're going to, you know, try to stay in this and I'm going to try to match what you're doing and keep us in this game. And so from that point on, you saw two quarterbacks play about as flawlessly as any two quarterbacks have probably ever played a game before. And even as a Chiefs fan and my team winning, I will say it's a shame that, you know, it, it ended the way it did to an extent. I will say that. Um, I will also preface by saying, you know, I will try to be kind of objective about this, but I'm a Chiefs fan. I'm not going to hide it. So kind of going back to the boxing thing, you know, two heavyweights going at it. It's okay. He just landed that punch. How is, you know, how, how's the other guy going to respond? Okay. Allen touchdown. All right. Well, What's Kansas City going to do? Touchdown. Okay. Give the ball back to Allen. Um, I've played, you know, my in my football career, I've played on both sides of the ball. Um, it's fun to be on offense and, you know, be able to, you know, score touchdowns and, you know, put points up on the other defense. And, you know, it's fun kind of have one of those games where it's like i know there's nothing you can do to stop me on the flip side of it from the defensive side it just you know you kind of hate those games because you're just like okay eventually something's gonna give yeah neither defense is stopping the other offense but eventually something's going to give um and you know i think you know right up people i've heard you know analysts over the last few days you know say things like you know it was neither neither quarterback flinched and they're right neither quarterback flinched but when it came down to the most important key moment i i would say that buffalo flinched allen didn't flinch mahomes never flinched but McDermott, Leslie Frazier, the you know the the head coach and defensive coordinator, and then the Bills defense in general flinched when it mattered the most. And um, by that I mean you know the last two minutes, as I said, craziest craziest two minutes I've ever seen in football. 
Um, I guess we'll just jump right to it. You know, 13 seconds. I will... I will say that in my experience over the years from playing sports, watching sports, anything can happen. You know, sometimes things that you don't think can happen, you know, happen. And it it makes for great moments, and that's where you get your, you know, we'll never see that, you know, again. We'll never see it two minutes like we saw the other night. We will never see what happened in 13 seconds probably ever happen again. I say probably just because, you know, sports has a funny way of, you know, having things like what happened in the last 13 seconds happen. Now, a lot of the talk is there's a couple of things we'll kind of dive into here. Uh, One of them is, you know, the last 13 seconds and what Buffalo should, should have done that they didn't do or whatever. And then, you know, overtime. So the first thing. Touchdown, 13 seconds left, kickoff for a touchback. Uh, there have been a lot of people I've heard say, oh, they should have squibbed it or they you know, should have pooch kicked it and, and, and you know, whatever to run a few more, few more seconds off the clock. Before really getting into this, this is what I want to say. In my experience from having played and watching sports, if in a game like how that game was going, especially in the last two minutes with, you know, Allen and Mahomes basically just trading touchdowns with each other. Here's here's the thing that I think a lot of people are just kind of sort of glossing over the situation. Yes, 13 seconds. Not a whole lot you can do. More often than not, the team that scored last wins in that situation. Here's the flip side of it. What aids them in preventing the other team from getting into field goal range like Kansas City did is the fact that the team in this situation being Kansas City would have more than likely only had one timeout or no timeouts in that 13 seconds because they would have burned them all trying to stop Buffalo getting the touchdown in the first place. So that's to me the first thing because timeouts, no timeouts changes Kansas City's thinking as far as what they're going to be trying to do on offense and what they can get away with. From the defensive side, here's here's where our, I have a lot of issues with you know people saying that you know Buffalo lost on a coin toss and all that kind of crap. Here here's the thing. Growing up, the phrase was "defense wins championships." That's what I heard playing sports and. To an extent today, that's, you know, kind of the prevailing thing is if you don't have a defense, you're not going very far. Buffalo was the number one rated defense across the board. They hammered that during, you know, the the TV, Jim Nance and Romo hammered that throughout the, you know, game. Since the game, TV analysts have hammered the fact that Buffalo had the number one rated defense. So that being said... What are you going to trust? Your number one across the board rated defense for 13 seconds or your kicker who, as people said last week, missed a couple extra points, somehow screwing up because like, you know, the debate has been, 
you pooch kick it. Yeah, you might run a couple, you know, at least three seconds off the clock. But there's a whole lot of things that could go wrong as well. You know, just a couple weeks ago in a game, just on a regular kickoff in a game that didn't have quite the level of importance of this one, Harrison Butker slipped on the kickoff. So, you know, I, I get what people are saying where, oh, they should have squib kicked it because, you know, the ball bounces funny and, you know, you're running time off the clock. Well, even in that situation, the clock doesn't start until a chief touches the ball. And knowing, you know, from years of experience playing the game and watching, football doesn't always necessarily bounce in a way that everybody expects it to when it hits the ground. So... I, I can agree with people where they say, okay, yeah, you squibbed it, nobody feels it, and then it takes a weird bounce and it goes out of bounds. Well, guess what? You just gave Kansas City the ball at 40 with three timeouts. Or, okay, he didn't kick that. He slips and it doesn't you know go as deep as you wanted it to. They still end up you know catching it and returning it to the 40-45. Still got... No, still two timeouts, even though you had to burn one after the kick. So you're really not helping your, you know, you're you're really helping them more than you're not helping them. So for people to say that, um, you know, Buffalo screwed up, and I will say this: there is nothing Josh Allen could not have played a more perfect game. Patrick Mahomes could not have played a more perfect game than what they played. I mean. That was just awesome. But going back and forth between whether they should have squibbed it or, you know, what they did by kicking the touchback. To me, the timeouts are the big factor in that. So even giving Kansas City the ball to 25, they have three timeouts. Now, defensively, I can tell you as a former, uh, you know, having played defense in that situation, if the other team has no timeouts, I am guard. I am trying to prevent your receivers from going to the sideline and trying to tackle you inbounds because that's going to a keep the clock running and prevent you from stopping it. Now, if I'm, if I'm going to say that Buffalo screwed up, this is where I will say they screwed up. I think what happened I'm okay with them saying, we have the number one defense, 13 seconds, we're going to stop you. I'm okay with that. What I think they forgot, though, was they still have three timeouts. So you throw the first little pass to Hill, you put Kelsey and Pringle in front of him to block, you pick up 20 yards. Okay, well, now we've gone from the 25 to the 45. Timeout. Put a second back on the clock, we're at eight. If you, you know, from the wide angle view that they showed on TV, if you look at the Buffalo defense, what were they doing? They were protecting the sideline. Which, as I said, in any other situation of that setup, this is exactly what I would be doing because the other team probably does not, probably just burned their last time out, stopping the clock on that first play. Casey still had two. So they could afford to do what they did. And some people have, you know, kind of said, oh, that wasn't the, and, you know, it, it's, you know, even Kelsey said afterwards that was not the, you know, he didn't run the route that was originally supposed to be done. Well, 
yeah, you can call it backyard football and you can complain about it or whatever. But to me, that was, you know, that was awesome because you're saying, okay, you know, they've used the phrase, oh, you're the moms had to learn to take what the defense gave him. Well, guess what? They took what the defense gave him. Buffalo was guarding the sideline. Kelsey said, guess what? We still have two timeouts. If they set up that way again, I'm going to go right down the seam. You hit me, and we can still call a timeout. And guess what? You know, there was that, if you were watching on TV, there was that big red line that said, you know, this is like the target line to get to for, you know, Butker for a field goal. Well, they passed it by five, six yards. Because Buffalo did what any other you know team probably would have done, and they were protecting the sideline, and Kelsey said, I'm going to the middle of the field. And there was nobody there to stop him. Now, that being said, even calling the timeout, the field goal wasn't a sure thing. You know, Butker had already missed a 50-yarder right at the half. He missed an extra point. There was no guarantee he was going to hit this 49-yarder. You want to believe that he's going to because he's just proven that he's that good of a kicker. But that's the beautiful thing about sports is even then, it's not a sure thing. So he makes it. We go to overtime. Now everybody's going, oh, well, you know, it's a shame that Allen never got to touch the ball. I will agree with that from the standpoint of just as a pure fan of the game, regardless of the fact that my favorite team was the team that Buffalo was trying to beat. You're right. I I was, you know, sad to see it end. However, devil's advocate, objectivity, whatever you want to call it, says, so you lost the coin toss. They have to score a touchdown for the game to be over. So if you hold them to a field goal, you give yourself a shot. And you have the, and you still, even at that point, yeah, you just gave up a game-tying field goal in 13 seconds, but you still have the number one defense. So Allen calls tails, ends up being heads. It, it was just kind of one of those moments where you know, Romo had already said it. You know, you, it was one of those games where you just felt like the last quarterback to have the ball was going to win. And that, you know, essentially turned out to be true. And you could just kind of tell, you know, for that last two minutes, you know, when they'd show, like, Chief score, they, they go to the sideline and you see you see Allen. As, as emotionally intense as he was, you know, he was he was under control being that intense. And then you flipped it, you know, Buffalo scores. <coughs> you go to the sideline, you see Mahomes, and Mahomes just looks so calm and like, all right, let's just go back to work and let's get this done. To me, that is what great players do, whether it be what Allen was doing, you know, showing the emotion, or what Mahomes was doing and, you know, keeping it kind of under under his lid and just letting his, you know, both of them let their play speak for them. Um, you know, that this is to an extent, this is what we're going to get to look forward to for the next several years. They are the future of football at the quarterback position. I don't care if you like Tom Brady or not, his time's coming to an end. It's just a fact, whether it's this year, whether it's next year, it just, at some point he's going to retire. He's not playing forever. You know, we've already seen breeze walk away. At some point, you know, Manning had that neck injury and Manning had to walk away. So, you know, these these great quarterbacks that we've watched, 
Well, there it, it's you know you were waiting to see, and Mahomes, Allen have stepped up and said we'll take on the mantle and be the next you know great quarterbacks to play the game. Uh, Herbert and Burrow have, and you know Murray, they all have potential. Um, and I'll get kind of this in a minute, but so flip the coin. You could just kind of tell when Anthony Hitchens, as soon as the ref said head and Hitchens was like, we're taking the ball. You just kind of had that feeling that, this, you know, it was kind of over that Kansas City was not going to lose this game at that point. Um, what, if anything that happened in the last two minutes and into overtime, I would say was a mistake, was the play to Hardman that got him down to like the 10 yard line. That. If you're, I, I mean, I understand two minutes, both teams 70 plus yards up and down the field scoring touchdowns, that tires you out, believe me. Even just for the short little amounts of time you're running around on the field, it, it can, it'll wear you down. So, that being said, even with the brief rest between the end of regulation and the start of overtime, sometimes it's just, especially when you've already played for 60 minutes, it's just not enough. For, you can't recover as fast, even at that point. So to me, the biggest mistake was if if you're going to go man-to-man and you have an assignment, somebody on Buffalo fell asleep. Because when you look at the play, Hardman goes across the formation and as Kelsey or somebody's coming the opposite way with him, you know, they say Kelsey, it was like a rub play, pick play or whatever. Well, <coughs> that's fine. You can say that. But, you know, if you look at it, and I'm, you know, as much as I've watched it, I haven't really focused on that part. I'm just kind of taking everybody's word for it. All I know is that Hardman ended up wide open. That's where the mistake happened. Whether it was a pick play or, and, you know, the defender just, you know, ran into his own player and couldn't get around him or whatever. The fact is, you either blew your assignment or Kansas City just ran a really great play. And Hardman ended up wide open. And it's kind of like what they said with the touchdown to Hill earlier where he caught it over the middle and he just outran everybody. Hardman's speed, you know, in in the open field, look what happened. He caught it. They didn't catch him until the 8-yard line and forced him out of bounds. One play later, back shoulder throw, Kelsey makes the catch, touchdown, game over. Do I feel for Josh Allen? Yeah. Would do I and you know, do I think that maybe the NFL should adopt the college overtime rule where both teams get to touch the ball? Yes. To an extent, I will say I, I do I do agree. I wish they would let both teams have possession because, I mean, what we watched in those last two minutes, there's it's just one of those things where, you, as, as a pure fan, you just don't want to see it end. I mean, you know it has to, and you know, and you hope that, you know, in my like in my case, I hope Kansas City was the team that came out on top. Because, you know, I've, you know, as a fan, we've been where Josh Allen was, you know, 2018, kind of the same thing. Mahomes drives down the field, gets us a field goal. 
We go to overtime. Patriots win the toss. Brady goes down the field, scores touchdown, game over. Mahomes never touches the ball. So I can understand where Bills fans are coming from going, oh, well, Josh Allen, you know, he never got a chance to touch the ball. Cool. Great. I, I get it. I, you know, as a fan, we, I've been there and, you know, said the same things, you know, back then was, well, you know, Mahomes didn't get a chance to touch the ball. So, you know, that sucks. But as a, you know, just from a pure fan standpoint for the way that most of that game, well, the way that game went, and then especially the last two minutes, it was just one of those things where you just didn't want to see it end. You wanted to see, you know, okay, Mahomes answered, got the field goal. Okay, now they got the touchdown. What's Allen going to do? Is Allen going to be able to get a touchdown to match? Um, so now we'll talk about overtime. Like I just said, do I think the NFL should do the college thing? Sure. I think it would be, you know, it, it's fair. Both teams get a chance to touch the ball. Both teams have a chance to score. Here's the thing. Trying to be objective. Like I said earlier, NFL is business. And if you listen to comments that you know, Goodell's made over the last several years, the Players Association has made over the last several years, and there's push for player safety. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that the push for player safety is a bad thing. You know, do I miss the way football was played when I grew up watching? You know, hey, that guy's going over the middle of the field. Oh, that safety's going to kill him. Do I kind of miss that? Yeah, you don't have as many hard hits over the middle and things like that anymore because it's you know now we have all this you know data about concussions and the brain injuries and stuff like that i'm not saying i'm against that i am all for you know making the game safer doesn't mean i can't miss you know the way it used to be played but i'm all for it because i would rather these guys have you know be able to enjoy the time with their kids when they're done playing instead of you know having some of the issues we've had like junior sayow and some of the you know, other tragedies that have happened and, you know, things like that. So, for everybody that wants to say, oh, the NFL needs to change the overtime rules, they'll look at it this offseason. And here's the thing to remember. Back in 2018-19 when, you know, Brady won and Mahomes never touched the ball, Kansas City proposed to change to the to the overtime rules. Everybody shot it down. Everybody shot it down. Players or owners, NFL players, everybody shot it down. Four years later, same situation. Oh, Josh Allen didn't get to touch the ball. You're right. Oh, we need to change the overtime rules. It didn't work four years ago. What evidence is there that it'll work this time? And here's here's where I here's where I say the NFL is a business. And if you've paid attention, what 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 changes have been made in the last two three years? Complaints about preseason games and how many they play. Well, I get that. My argument to that would be, okay, you're worried about your players getting your star players getting hurt in the preseason in a meaningless game. I get that. However. 
look at the last two years, the first you know three four weeks of the season. There's been some pretty rough football played, some pretty you know mistake football because I'm not saying that starters should play a full game in the preseason. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is they need that preseason time just for game speed to get used to playing together again at that speed against an opponent instead of figuring out because at that point games don't matter. So, you know, you're off on your timing a little bit, big deal. That's why we're playing so we can figure out, oh, well, we need to adjust. You know, this is where we need to make adjustments before the games count. Well, you know, guys get hurt. Anytime they step on the field, even just for practice, there's the uh, there's the possibility they get hurt. That's just part of the game. You know, does it does it suck when oh, dude just tore his ACL? Yeah, it sucks. Now I don't have that player for a year for the full season. But that could have happened week one. It could happen week eight. Could happen in the playoffs. Guy gets hurt in the playoffs. Guess what? You probably ain't having him next season. Depending on what happens this season, you might be able to get him back at some point next season for when it matters, like the playoffs. And to me, preseason is more a showcase for the undrafted free agents and you know the ki- the players that you draft to say. Can you contribute to my team? This is your, you know, this is your audition, your interview, or whatever. That's what the preseason is really for for me. Is hey, I'm evaluating these guys to see if they can make an impact on my team, and do I need to keep them? You know, do I need to put them on my practice squad because they can help make my guys better? You know, that kind of thing. Yes, I think the starters need time because they need to work on their timing to get you know start gelling a little bit before the games actually count. But it's more for those undrafted guys to be able to say yes i deserve to be in the nfl you deserve i deserve to be on your team you need to keep me so from that standpoint so there's that then you look at last year up until last year the top two teams got a bye week last year just the top team everybody else now has to play wildcard weekend Under the guise of we want to, you know, make it make the playoffs more exciting. Okay. So fast forward to this year. Well, now we added an extra regular season game by taking away a preseason game. Okay, so your reasoning for the you know the playoff rules that we have right now for overtime. They've played 60 minutes. They're worried about player safety by playing another, you know, another 15. Oh, so we're going to say team scores a touchdown, game over. That way we're possibly only playing an extra five minutes instead of an extra 15. We they, The NFL, from a safety standpoint, does not want to make them play any longer than they have to because the longer they play and get tired, likelihood of getting hurt goes up. NFL wants their star players on the field because that's what bring that's what has us watch the games and brings us to the games. I mean, on that token, Sunday night, if Mahomes is hurt or Allen's hurt, a lot of people probably aren't as invested or interested in that game because 
well, hell, half the reason I want to watch it or I want to go to that game is not even he's just standing on the sideline. Not going to have any impact on the game at all. We don't want to see that. NFL doesn't want to see that. So uh, do I think they will look at the overtime rules? Yes. But it'll just be like 2018-19. Nothing will really change right now. I don't think it's fair to say that Josh Allen lost because of a coin flip. Yes, he called tails and ended up heads. But if you hold Kansas City to a field goal instead of a touchdown, you get the ball with a chance to go down and win the game. So it's it's not perfect, but it's what we've got. Do I think it needs changed? I would love it if they did what college did and they said, okay, 25-yard line, flip the flip the time. Okay, you get the ball first. You're playing defense first. Okay, you scored. And I you know, can agree with some people, instead of kicking extra points, make it you have to score two-point conversions. Okay, you had your shot. Flip it. Now you get to be on offense and you're on defense. Your turn. That, cool. I would be okay with that. Do I think it's going to happen? No. Not at all. Does it lessen what we saw on Sunday? I don't think so. Yeah, it hurts, especially for the Bills, and it sucks. But that's the rules. Kansas City, I mean, Josh Allen didn't do anything to lose that game. Kansas City didn't really do anything to lose that game. You can blame the coin toss. That's not really fair. You know... One of the things that I've I've kept hearing everybody say is Buffalo had the number one defense. And if you go back to what I said earlier, you know, where the phrase is defense wins championships, then you put your best you put your best, you know, position group on the field. They couldn't do it. Your off your offense neither offense did anything wrong. Defense is where it went wrong. And you know that's that's the beauty of sports. Um, I know that's what I like to watch it for. Um, but you know when it comes to the argument of you know who's the better quarterback, one of the things I heard, you know they said on that last touchdown that Allen threw, you know it kind of felt like it was his coming out party, like he was saying I'm here, this is now you know mine, I'm I'm the guy that everybody wants to look to. And then in 13 seconds and in overtime, Mahomes went down the field and said, no, not quite yet. I'm still here. You're still going through me. Um, I was watching a show and they said, you know, they were kind of comparing Allen to Brady. And then they said, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. He has over four years proven to us he don't need to be compared to anybody else. I don't really think it's fair to compare Allen to Brady, but Allen doesn't have the same resume at this point that Mahomes does. Four straight AFC championship games. Yes, you could make the argument, oh, well, you know, over the last four years, Mahomes hasn't had to play a playoff game on the road, so we don't know how he'll do on the road. You're right. Flip side of that, Allen hasn't been able to win a road game. Doesn't mean he's going to be able to win at home either. Mahomes hasn't played on the road. 
Doesn't mean he can't win on the road. But when you look at, you know, what Mahomes has done in similar situations where the pressure's on, he has proven more than Allen does that he can rise to the occasion and get the job done. Now, Allen made a really strong case the other night, and they both showed that, you know, the future of the quarterback position is in great hands and that we're going to see, you know, if they can both keep elevating their games and progressing and, you know, staying at this level. Yeah, for most people, this was an off year for Mahomes, but, you know, he's still around when it matters. How many other quarterbacks would have the year he had and not have made the playoffs at all? And then to watch, you know, two quarterbacks go toe-to-toe and basically play perfect games on both sides, <coughs> it it's something I don't think we'll ever see again, at least not for several years, if ever. And you want to talk about Herbert and Burrow and Murray on the in the NFC. The, the beautiful thing about sports is what we really, what you really want to look at a guy on is accomplishments. Yeah, Brady's, you know, I, I don't like Tom Brady. I won't hide that. But I can respect, you know, the Super Bowls that he's won, the MVPs that he's won. You know, I can respect all that because you know, it's the NFL. It's not like that's, that's easy to do, at least that consistently. And that's where I get annoyed with people talking about Mahomes, especially this year, where they're like, oh, well, yeah, his first three years, he set the bar for, you know, ridiculously high for what he can do. But to me, what makes him even, made him even better this year was, it was a bad year. Turn the ball over, things like that at the beginning of the year. He had to, you know, figure out how to, you know, defense has taken away Kelsey and Hill. He had to figure out how to still win and be efficient and productive. Was it pretty? No. But I think now we can say he's learned how to, you know, he's taken his game to another level. He's shown that he can adapt. And he's not, you know, stuck in gunslinger mode. He can adapt and say, okay, you're going to make me dink and dunk? I'll dink and dunk you. Because honestly... You give Tyreek Hill the ball in the open field. You know, don't let anybody ever tell you speed doesn't matter because it it matters on the football field. I mean, he you give him the ball in the open field. A lot of other guys, yeah, you might tackle him after five yards. Him, you're probably not getting him for another. You know, you're probably not getting him for ten, if as long as you take a good angle on him. Hardman can be the same way. He shows flashes. He hasn't consistently done it like Hill does, but he shows flashes. And then you got Kelsey. I still say one of the biggest things, one, it's the time they've played together, but, you know, Kelsey's Kelsey played quarterback. Hell, Blake Bell played quarterback. You don't think part of the reason that Kelsey and Mahomes are so good is because Kelsey can read the defense just as well as Mahomes can? I mean, that last that last play before the field goal the other night is perfect evidence of it. He said, if they set up this way, this is where I'm going. You know, how many other tight ends in the league can or will have the trust of their quarterback to make that call? 
and you know what's great with the microphones and things now is you hear you know they talked about that before the snap and then you hear Mahomes telling him you know do it do it do it because Mahomes sees the exact same thing Uh, Mahomes is saying I agree with you let's go for this I trust you do it you know that that's not something that every team's got but to me, the evolution, I mean, Allen, Allen improved his game this year, you know, but to me, the overarching thing, the difference between the two is on the big stage, Mahomes has more success and has proven he can do it more than Allen has. Now, does that mean over time that Allen can't, you know, rise to the same and put himself more even with Mahomes? No, it doesn't. And we've got, you know, several more years to watch these two go at it and to watch them evolve. And, you know, just from a fan standpoint, I'd say, you know, the quarterback position is in great hands. Uh, Jury's still out on whether Burrow, Murray, and Herbert can, you know, consistently be what they've shown to be to this point and to see if they can rise to the level of Allen and Mahomes. Right now, I would say Allen Mahomes, as far as the you know, new young quarterbacks, they're the ones you got to look at. Um, and like I said, just based on performance, Mahomes is above Allen. Yeah, you can say Allen's you know, statistics and all that stuff, and I get that and I respect that. But from a competitive spirit side and just watching what Mahomes has done in big moments, whether he's been perfectly healthy or a little banged up and stuff like that, I'm gonna. I'm giving him the edge over Allen, and you know, in head-to-head matchups so far, Mahomes has got the edge in that category, which is usually really what everybody looks at. Uh, but anyway, those are kind of my ramblings about last weekend. Like I said, probably the greatest game slash two minutes in overtime that I will ever see in my life. Um. Yeah, I'm happy my team came out on top, but that still doesn't take away from, you know, the fact that it was, you know, the future of the quarterback position going head-to-head with each other and putting on, you know, one of the greatest shows we've ever seen. Um, Agree, disagree with me, that's cool. Like I said, it's all my opinion and my, you know, thoughts on things. Um... It was just, you know, I've had four days to kind of stew on it, and I've rewatched the, and it's still just awe-inspiring to me of what happened. Um, but, you know, like I said, I don't know we'll ever see it again. Uh, but, yeah, that's my thoughts. Uh, as far as, you know, the original purpose of this for our franchise, uh, I believe we're drafting tonight. Um, so at this point, really not much to talk about as far as it goes. Um, we'll get set up for another season and see how that season goes. Uh, we'll talk to you later.